Welcome to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. This episode is sponsored by GameStrat. If you're in need of a sideline replay system, check out GameStrat. They have the fastest sideline replay system on the market and provide 24-7 support. And their system can be used with multiple sports like football, basketball, and volleyball. I know Coach Rodriguez uses it at East Bay and it helped them with the winning season last season. We at Lafayette are excited this upcoming season to use it and to put it to good use on our sidelines. Bottom line, making in-game adjustments equals winning more games. So go check out GameStrat on Twitter, at GameStrat underscore. Again, check them out on Twitter, at GameStrat underscore, or on the web at www.gametimestrategy.com. Welcome to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Uh, today we've got Jace McDonald, the uh, OC at uh, the Naval Academy Prep School up in Newport, Rhode Island. Coach, how are you doing today? Doing excellent. How are you doing, Coach? Thank you very much for having me on. Nah, we're great, man. We're excited to have you. Um, and, and why don't we just go ahead and kick it off, you know, tell us maybe, you know, about your background, where you're from, uh, where you played, maybe kind of how you got to where you're at in your coaching journey. Well, that's a pretty long story. I'll try to keep it short. Uh, first and foremost, I'm from uh, Brewster, Massachusetts, which is located on Cape Cod. For anyone who's ever been up northeast in the summer, uh, don't, don't know what that is. Um, beautiful town. Raised by two loving, loving individuals. Um, and, you know, without a doubt, I think my love for the game, my love for coaching, and my love for education – probably started well before I even knew what was going on because my father has always kind of been my mentor and my hero. And uh, my earliest memory of football is being five years old and, and you know, dra- and him dragging me to football practice because he was a coach at the local high school. and Okay. Bags and just following along and always wanting to be in his footsteps. So, you know, and that's an important le- – um, memory in my life I was just talking to one of uh, our current student athletes here and I was telling him my dad probably starting about my sophomore year in high school started recognizing my love for for working with youth and and teaching and and stuff like that and he always tried to push me towards Springfield College where he he had gone to school okay hey I was kind of in that mode where I think most 16 year old young men are where they think they know everything, and their mother and father don't. <laughs> Even if you're not willing to admit that, that's, that's probably where you fell. And I kept telling them, no, that's not where I'm going to go. That was your deal. I'm going to do something else. And then, lo and behold, my senior year, Springfield College started recruiting me, and I went to Springfield College. And at that point, <clears throat> he said, and my father was a, a, a local teacher and a coach, and, and he said, uh, you know, why, when you go to Springfield, why don't you study phys ed? 
and you know you could be a phys ed teacher or study history be a history teacher and coach football in high school and i said no nope that's that was your route i'm gonna do something else i'm gonna go to sports management i'm gonna be on the business side of things i'm at that time you know the red Sox were starting to pick up that's like the early 2000s i said i'm gonna be the next theo epstein all this stuff <laughs> and uh i went into sports management and i went to springfield college i loved it um they they do a great job at Springfield of cultivating a, an atmosphere and a culture of giving back to the community and being an educator and being a coach. And I loved every part of it, but I just had, had my made up that I was going to be in the, in the business side of things. And so after my four years at Springfield, I um, didn't have a job right out of school. And I, so luckily enough for me, I was able to go back to my old high school who had an opening as a long-term substitute in the phys ed department. I did that and coached for a year, loved it, and then kind of went out and did my thing in the business world, realized after three years that that wasn't for me, went back to coaching, loved it so much. At that point, I looked at my dad and I said, hey, it only took me to 27 years old before I figured out what <laughs> about it. <laughs> that point, I went back to Springfield to work on my uh, graduate degree and I was a GA there at Springfield and for those guys out there and girls who don't know um, Springfield as well as the Naval Academy Springfield a triple option offense we, we have been for many years uh, at the division three level I think we do a tremendous job there uh, coached along yeah when I played uh, and, and did a great job with it and Mike Sarasulo was the offensive coordinator Mike Sarasulo is now the head coach there um, and Greg Webster is the offensive coordinator and those guys do a tremendous job. I believe, you know, they were the number one rushing offense in all of college football last year. Um, and so when I was a GA there, we would take our professional development trips down to the Naval Academy. Right. Partly because Mike Judge, the fullbacks coach at the Naval Academy is on staff. He's a Springfield college graduate. And I think mostly we were, as teachers and coaches, we recognized that the Naval Academy was probably doing at the best level in right. all of football, right. you know, running this offense. Um, be, just because of what Coach Neymar preaches, and, and we recognize that the talent of educators that the staff of the Naval Academy has. And so we would go down there, and I just immediately, probably much like a recruit feels when they walk onto the yard, I fell in love with it within the first 10 minutes I was there. And then to, to take in a practice, uh, to watch Coach Neamont and that staff operate, to watch Coach Jasper and, and Coach Ingram and, and all those guys, I just immediately fell in love with it. And I think probably at that point, I, I kind of had this feeling that that's where I wanted to be. Um, so I was lucky enough, fortunate enough to, to work at camp um, back when, you know, when college yeah, was doing right. full-time camps. I, I was lucky enough to do that. And, Two weeks later, um, Coach Niamatololo offered me this job, and I've never looked back. You know, and I've been here ever since, and, and I'm, I'm fortunate for every moment that I'm here, that's for sure. That's, a, that's an awesome journey, man. Um, why don't you do this? Well, I always ask, like we, we talked to Coach Ingram in a, a previous episode. You know, he played for his dad. Well, what's it like to be coached? You know, my, so I'm in a situation now where I'm at a school my kids will go through, all right, and I transition from another school here to be around them. You know what I'm saying? So what's it like to be, you know, coached by your dad? I wouldn't know. I wasn't coached oh. by him. Oh, okay. I thought, <laughs> so, okay. So this is, this is the funny part about this. This is the best part, I think, is that where I grew up on Cape Cod, I went to a regional high school 
public school. He coached at a technical school. So, you know, uh, okay. the school to, to work on trade for one week and then the next week they do academics. Right. And we played each other in the opening game every single year. So ah. it was interesting. And I'm a big guy now, but you, you have to imagine me about 75 pounds ago and I was a quarterback at my high school team and my dad was the head coach and ran the defense. Ah. So you can imagine what it was like. Holy know, cow, coach. And it was always the first game of the season. So it wasn't just the week. It was all summer, all preseason, all that leading up to it. It was like, hey, you know, what? And I tell you, coach, I look back at that. And now that I'm a father myself, I think that probably that probably was one of the more tough times he ever had as, as, as a coach and a parent. And, and I think, you know, and he would we really wouldn't talk about it much back then. You know, we would. Our conversations at the dinner table and our conversations leading up to that, it wasn't much about football, which was, which, looking back on that, must have been awkward for my mother. And maybe, maybe it was enjoyable for my mother because pretty much every <laughs> outside of that week and, or that month leading up to that game probably centered around football, you know. So that was, that was always an interesting deal, getting what? married to dad. And, and yeah. Putting together a defense to try to slow down your offense and yeah. be successful. That well, he's trying to beat you. You're the quarterback. <laughs> oh, so yeah. that was that was that was very interesting. Wow, man. Well, yeah. So wow, wow. That's that's unbelievable. Well, that's so that that fear that you're talking about right there uh, was the reason why one of those one of the fears was the reason why I, I changed because it's same thing. Like I was the head coach of a, of a school in the same district of the school I'm at now. And, you know, it was like, well, I don't want to coach against my kids, just like you described, you know what I mean? So that's a, that's an interesting experience. Um, I didn't realize that. Wow. That's, that's uh well, that's tough there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was really tough for him because we beat him twice and he got me once. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Well, no, long, no, no wonder it took you to 27 to, to uh, <laughs> listen to him. Right. <laughs> So, um, so let's, you know, let's, let's sort of transition to the next question. Like, you know, what, give us a couple of mentors, you know, that, that you leaned on, you know, earlier in your career, you know, as a coach. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always going to start with my father. Yeah. Um, I, just as a, as a man and, and really the way I look at coaching and I, and I know that you're along the same way. And this is the biggest reason why I fell in love with the Naval Academy instantly is that the, I know all the men on staff down there view it the same way. Is yeah. As important as in winning is, and, and as much lessons as you can teach through winning, it's about creating better young men and, and guiding that you, guiding young men to eventually become better husbands, fathers, you know, brothers, sons, all that stuff. So I learned that from him from a young age. Um, and, and I've always, always leaned on him, and he's always – he comes to every single game he can. And my mother and him, they love traveling down to Annapolis every year and, and going to the, to the times when we play the JV, and he's always after the game. He's always asking me, you know, hey, why, why did you do that? You know, what did you see that? And, you know, so, and, and I give him the reason, and, and he's really good about it. Sometimes he says, oh, okay, and I, I, know, I know what he's saying is, hey, you should have probably done something different there, but <laughs> – you know, outside of him, outside of him, probably the biggest factor, um, the one person who affected me most in my coaching career 
would be Mike Sarasulo at Springfield College. I think I was kind of at a point at 27 years old. Uh, I hadn't met my wife yet. I was bouncing around from job to job. I didn't, I don't want to say, I don't want to say I was lost, but I didn't, I, I definitely didn't have a strong grasp on what my purpose was and joining up with him on his staff and, and you know, Matt, I played defensive end in, in college. I didn't play offense. So I, I watched the triple option, you know, all through college. I saw what we did to other teams, but I didn't understand it. Right. So he had to teach me the whole thing from, from the jump and, and just learning from him, seeing the way that he approached the game, seeing the way that he affected young men at Springfield, you know, including myself when I was there. He's always probably going to be my biggest mentor and the person I look up to the most in coaching. Um, I can't say enough for what he's done for me and my family for my career. Um, you know, and then I think, I think the world of coaching me, Marco Volo, I, I, yeah, I can't put, it's tough to explain to people outside of the program, how he is as a person and as a human being, you know, because I think the majority of the time they just kind of see that highly competitive, like fiery guy on Saturdays. And they're like, man, this dude's so intense. He's, he's, you know, he must be, he must be crazy at practice. He must be all, and all that stuff. And he is, but not in, not in the way that you see on like the last chance you show right. and the bad stuff that you see around that, but he's right. just loves these kids so much, man, that, that he holds them so accountable and wants them to succeed so much. And, and he is truly and utterly a family man. And, and I, I haven't met too many people in the world like him, let alone in, in college football. And that goes right down the line with, with Ivan Jasper and, and Ashley Ingram, you know, Danny O'Rourke, Mickey Okaitis, and obviously my buddy Mike Judge, all those guys, man, those are – I lean on those guys so heavily whenever, whenever I have questions of coaching and, and whenever I have – situations that I want to run by them. I, I am truly blessed to be a part of that staff. And although we're not in the same room every day, anytime I pick the phone up for any one of those guys, Coach Neumont included, you know, they're there to answer my phone call and get back to me within 24 hours. And I, and I can't, you know, that's, that means the world to a young, a young coach trying to. No trying question. To no question. I mean, that, that staff, uh, holds a special place in my heart because I was no different, really no different than you. Um, I came out of coaching college, having been on the defense forever, you know, coaching, a, you know, a defense position and, and played defense in college. And, you know, here I am, I know I want to run the triple, um, in a high school setting. Um, but I, you know, I didn't know where to start. I, we were a split back beer team in my high school and one had a lot of success, but like, I couldn't remember what we did, you know, like I, I couldn't even remember a play call, you know? And, and so, you know, I go, well, I'm three hours from, from, you know, the best place in the world to go figure it out. And a good friend of mine's O-line coach. So let me just call him up, get in the car and go up there and see how it's going to work, you know? And, and, and those guys, man, I'm telling you, they, they will do literally anything for you. I mean, they just, they're just great guys. And, and for you to be able to have that experience is, uh, is just awesome. So that's, Special. yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. Well, coach, you're the offensive coordinator up there at the, at the prep school. What, what's it like coaching there to tell the listeners what it's like? It's, it is every day there's a new challenge and that's in a, that's a good way in a new challenge. Um, for those of 
people out there who don't know what it is, it's, it's for 10 months, um, a good majority of the recruits and a number of other student athletes and students who are on their way to the Naval Academy go through a rigorous program here at the prep school. And in some ways, we mirror the Naval Academy, what we do, but in many ways, we're different. And part of the reason is, I truly believe, is we're doing our best academically, militarily, and athletically to prepare these students for what they're going to get at the Naval Academy. And probably the number one challenge, the number one challenge here is that there are no upperclassmen to kind of pick these guys up and tell them, hey, you can get through this, Whether again, whether it's academics, athletics, or military, you can get through this. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Don't worry, we all went through this. That does not here. Every year, every, you know, every July, third Tuesday in July, we get a brand new class. And every, you know, second Friday in May, they're gone, you know, and we start up all over again. So definitely challenging, but challenging in a great way. And, and, and it really forces you to be on top of your game because it's almost impossible to get in a rut here because everything changes all the time, you know, because you always have new kids who always come from different backgrounds. They always have different issues and challenges they're working with. And you got to do your best to quickly, I mean, quickly find a way to yeah. connect with them. Because if you can't connect with them within the first three weeks they're here, there's a chance that that, that relationship might not ever blossom, you know? So you have to, and, and there's no answer to that, you know, because every kid's different, but you got to find I think the best way to put it to just listen, you know, to just listen to what they say and, and listen to what their feelings are and do the best to find a way to connect to them. And then once you do, you know, it's all uphill from there. And you get, they lean on, I think at the prep school, it's probably a, a little bit like a high school setting where they'll lean on their coaches quite a bit during the school day. You know, they'll come, if they have a free period, they might come down and see you. Or they might avoid you as well, and they know you're going to come find them. You know, right. just like coaches have to do with their with their players. And our number one job here is to ensure that they get down to the Naval Academy, or at least have every resource and opportunity that uh, that we can give to them and provide to them. Um, and that that makes it a great a great place to work because Matt, you wouldn't. You wouldn't believe some of the kids that come in here, what their backgrounds are, and the uphill battle that's in front of them, and their resilience and their passion to get through this place on a daily basis and to eventually gain admittance to the Naval Academy, and then four years down the road become a commissioned officer. It, it's where I get my inspiration every single yeah. day. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I bet that's awesome. I, you know, you're talking about, and this is why, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on because, you know, you're getting kids from all over the United States, maybe even, you know, outside of the U.S., right? You got to bring them all together. And, you know, you don't really have 10 months if you think about it. You have 10 months to develop a relationship and prepare them for the academy, but you got, you know, X time to get them ready for a prep season to get them to understand, you know, what, what they got to do, OD, special teams, school study hall you know adapted to the military style you know what's it like you know what are some ways you're able to get you know a new group of kids with various backgrounds to come together and play for each other like what you know talk about that a little bit because i find that fascinating it's what they're doing right now right now 
outside of the locker room, outside of the football field, what they're going through, and they're all going through it together, that's, that does the job 95%. That really does. I, I truly believe that. You know, and I don't want to downplay what, what the coaching staff does. One of the greatest parts of my job and this coaching staff is that every year we get between four and six fresh graduates from the Naval Academy who come up here and work with the kids and they're kind of like their big brothers, but they're also coaching a position. And, right. and that's an unbelievable asset that we have. And I've been, I'm old enough and I've been here long enough now where the guys who I coach at NAPS are now starting to come back. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and we, and I get to coach with them and, and, and they get to see it from a different level. So that does a, is a big part of it. But I honestly believe, I truly believe this, what these young men, are going through right now in these three weeks of indoctrination period that forces you to become close because you know, because you have, you only lean on each other because they get the, their cell phones taken away. Right. So this, think about that in this day and age, yeah. taking a cell phone away from an 18 year old, <laughs> right that, that 18 year old is probably lost. Like well, what the heck, who, you know, I can't talk to somebody. I can't, I can't look right. at social media. I can't do this. So they're forced to rely, to lean on each other and rely on each other. And the ones that make it through and the ones that make it out, they have this bond that is very hard to describe and it's very hard to put into words. And we, you know, we kind of have this saying around here. Well, there's a saying, saying in the name at the, up at the Academy, you know, the brotherhood, everything's a brotherhood, the brotherhood. And here we say, this is where we build the brotherhood, you know, and this is where it's the foundation of it is. Um, you know, because these kids become the leaders. Traditionally, they become the leaders of, of the classes every time, each year and, and year out. So, you know, once they get on the football field, that stuff tends to take care of itself. I mean, the level of athlete that we're getting even now from when I first started across the board, I mean, the coaches are doing a tremendous job down at the academy bringing in some athletes here. And, you know, once they figure out where they're trying, where they're going and what they're doing, it clicks pretty well, but I think a big part of that, a huge part of that, is what they go through in the first few weeks that they're here, you know, and then how they lean on each other in the dorms, and they create these bonds where they sell out for each other, where, you know, all of a sudden for, for an A-back position, I think a lot of these kids, and I don't want to say all of them, because Tony O'Gully is someone that stands out to me that I think probably had this mentality in high school too, but a lot of these kids come in here and they were the man where they came from and they're used to getting praised because they had the ball in their hand and they can make guys miss and go for long runs. Well, the fact of the matter is, is all the guys we recruit at the academy can do that. Right. It's the guys that block and it's the guys that sell out and it's the guys that will put – who will learn at an early stage to put the team in front of themselves that will play early, you know. So I think – the bond that, they, that gets created through indoc and gets created through through kind of um, you know the pressure that they put on that's put onto them here from the military and stuff like that that shows on the football field it really does it's right. always going to be the old line no matter where you are right they better right get yeah not do it for the glory but yeah so it, I think that's that's a huge part of, of our success a, a, a very big part of our success well so I find it you know obviously this is an option podcast and so. Uh, I just, it's, it's like, um, it's interesting to me, you know, to learn a little bit more, like, like, how do you, how do you install an option offense with new players every year? Like, like, okay, for instance, for me, like I might have a sophomore quarterback, right? Well, I know I'm going to have him three years, you know, 
or uh, my right tackle is a freshman. I know I'm going to have him for four years. You guys don't have that luxury of developing, you know, a kid over those times. Like, what's it like to install it? You know, like, because to me, like, there might be a guy listening that's like, you know, maybe he's in his first year, right, at a high school, right, or or college, and and you know, he'd be no different than the scenario you're in right now, right? Because he's basically installing it for the first time to a bunch of new kids, you know. Um, so what, what's it like, you know, to, to be able to, to do that? You have to be extremely organized. And what I always kind of lean on and go back to, um, I had an instructor at Springfield during my graduate uh, years, um, Dr. Ted France, who, who I looked up to very, very much. And he taught a curriculum class. And he would always preach in his curriculum class, you need to know your curriculum and you need to know the endpoint and you teach backwards from that endpoint. And that's the best way to install things. So for us, we know uh, I've been here eight years now, you know, we're always going to have 10 to 12 plays that we're going to run at some point. And those plays, you know, they're on a board. Okay. What, is, what, what does each position have to do to this? And you just break it all the way back down so that when you get to a certain point, you have those plays installed. Now, for us, with all that being said, we won't move past inside beer until we know that, that we've got some sort of base on that. Yeah. That's, everything comes off. So right now, in the little meeting time that we have and the little on-field time that we have for offensive linemen, we're trying to get them in the stance. We're trying to teach them what it is to T-board. We're trying to teach them what it is to scoop. And, and that's all we're focusing on right now. For quarterbacks, you know, it's just what where your feet need to be and, and where the ball needs to be when you come out of, when you come off the center on inside beer. You know, right. Your stance, your alignment, you know, recognizing the key and, and not really and recognizing number one, being able to determine number one, number two, number three. And again, without getting too in depth, it, it, that's what we do. We sit down or I sit right. down you know, in, in the spring and kind of get this. And I'll bring the TADs up to speed. That's what we call the guys who just graduated, bring them up to speed and building blocks, man. So you figure out your game plan, you figure out the plays you want, and you back up from there and you just teach from the ground up. You teach building blocks. It really is what it all comes down to. I think it's an opportunity because as a four-year – a coach at a four-year school, whether it be a high school or a college – it's very easy to want to turn that page to chapter two when you before maybe everyone understands what's going on in chapter one because you know you have those older guys to lean on. For us, we have to be very disciplined in the fact that we really can't move on until we know people have a good understanding of what's going on, right? Because there's no point of saying to ourselves, like we open up with ASA this year on Labor right. Day week. Right. And there's Point. And, you know, that's a daunting task, right? I mean, those, that's a two-year school with guys who have had – some guys on that team have had two – will have had two fall balls and a spring ball. Right, right. That's daunting. When you look at it like that and you say, well, we've had 15 practices before we play them and three of those are without pads. Right. You easily say, well, this is never going to work. But – no excuses, right? Find a way. It's what we do around here. Like it's like it's just everything we do. So I think for us, you, you come up with the five plays that you say you feel confident if these things are hitting. And really, 
I'm an option guy all the way, man. If 12 and 30, the inside beer is hitting, like, yeah. what else do you need, right? Like, right. you're going to coach it. We're going to want to call something else, but it's three plays in one, right? So, right. got to make sure always, always, always that our players on the offensive side of the ball and on the defensive side of the ball understand that the, our culture is going to be ball, ball security and ball control. We talk about it until we're blue in the face, high and tight. And it's so important for us at the prep school because we're not going to have a large catalog of plays to choose from. So there's only going to be so many adjustments we can make. And if we turn the ball over on any level, but I just feel it's so important for us for what we do. If we turn that ball over, it's just the percentages of being successful just go down, as you know. So we're going we're gonna to first and foremost talk about our culture and high and tight and how important that is. And then we're going to install this offense with building blocks. You know, we're going to figure out what we want to do and we're going to install and go backwards. And I've always felt that's the best. No matter what offense, no matter what lesson in school you're teaching, I've always felt that's the best way to do it because otherwise you're just kind of putting things together hoping you get somewhere, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a guy who likes to plan. I, I like to think of myself as somebody who's organized and, and you got to have an end goal, right? It, there always has to be something that you're measuring yourself against. And you have to be able to adapt. And if we have five plays, we want to run five plays against ASA, but we can't do number one right, then we got to slow down until we get number one right. And that's how we've always approached it. Yeah, Coach, I, I think that's interesting. You know, I, I, um, you, you know, you, you equate it to teaching, right? Because coaching is teaching, let's, let's face it, right? So, you know, you've got a class and the professor teaches you, you know, about curriculum, but look at the end point and then bring it back, right? So you're – you know, you're, you know, let's just take inside here, for example, you know what the endpoint needs to look like, right? So you pull it back to the techniques, the fundamentals, the stances, the starts, the keys, the eyes, and you write it all down by position. And then now you've got your, you know, you've got your building blocks for a kid coming in, you know, who obviously, I mean, I don't, I don't know the percentages, you, obviously you do, but my guess is there's probably a higher percentage of kids that have not played in this style of offense as opposed to have. Uh, coming in so you know I think for a for a coach that's just starting out with it or you know it's taking over a new program I think that's a great concept you know to, to again look at the the finish where you want to go and then pull it back and drill it down you know for those kids to start I think that's a great great way you phrase that that's awesome and you know the thing about that is too coach is Always remind yourself as a coach to stay humble because no matter what happened in 2017 and 2016, that's going to have little to no determination on what goes on in 2018 and 2019. Now, that's easy for me to remind myself because we constantly get new guys. But, you know, it, it, would, be, it would be pretty – it would be easy for someone to fall into a trap of thinking they've, they've mastered something or they fully understand something. Right. I learned something – Every single time, I do my best to force myself to try to learn something from the coaches who I'm speaking to every clinic I go to because I know that there's a wealth of knowledge in those seats looking back at me. I've, I know for a fact, I always try to remind myself I am not the smartest guy in the world when I walk into anywhere, right? And, and that's obviously easy to do whenever I go to the Naval Academy and I visit with that. <laughs> right. Coach. But, yeah. you know, sometimes I do – uh, you could you could think like that just because your shirt might may say navy or your shirt might say 
you know, the NFL or something like that. But always try to remind yourself to stay humble and learn. Because the second I thought I knew inside beer, I remember I, I sat down and, and <clears throat> you know, it was the first time I think that, uh, you know, I, I really sat in one of Ivan's meetings and, and listened to him teach the quarterbacks. And then him and I met for a, a good hour and a half, two hours after that. And I walked out of that being like, man, I really don't know much of what I was talking about. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. man, I might have thought I was at like a like a, a 201 or a 301, maybe. Yeah, that's AP football, baby. I, I, I'm still I'm still trying to figure out where my next class is, man. Yeah, man. No, nah, he's AP. I call it all the time. I'll, I'll say, Coach, that's AP football. You got to slow it down for me. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, it's you're right. I mean, well, you know, when I listened to you, um, you know, at the, well, for two years now at the Mesh Point Clinic uh, up in Pennsylvania, and you did a phenomenal job. You know, I like it because you'll get in the stands and you'll just, you know, grab us and start going through stuff, you know. And for a high school coach, well, for any coach, I mean, you know, for a guy who, like yourself, who freely gives of his time and is passionate about the offense – you know, you're up in the stands and, you know, we're working through beer blocks together. You know, I just think that's, you know, your, your ability to give like that's awesome. You know, I, you know, and so you're, you're, you're infectious, you know, and that's why I kind of wanted you on here. Cause I think you got a lot to give to some guys that'll be listening to this. Thank you. I appreciate so, that. so last question, man. And, and then, you know, we'll wrap it up. Cause I know you got to go, but you know, I, Obviously, you're the prep school for the Naval Academy, okay? Well, you know, Air Force has one, Army has one. You know, there's Merchant Marine, Coast Guard. What, what are some things you guys do different maybe that sets that, that Naval Academy prep apart from other academy prep schools? You know, I, I wouldn't begin to answer that question only because I'm not educated on what the Air Force Academy does, and I'm not very educated on what uh, the Army does. Uh, prep school does but I will say this and this is this is just a fact this isn't anyone's opinion the one thing that I know separates us is that we're not on the campus of the Naval Academy whereas Army prep and Air Force prep are right there on that campus and, and I, you know I'm sure there's two different ways to look at that I, I, me personally I think it's a great thing because yeah. again you go back to what I said earlier about our guys leaning on each other during in-dock and, and and those bonds almost get forced because there's no one else to lean on. I think in a setting where you're there and you're there all the time, those, you, you, there are people to lean on. And I'm not, and I, not necessarily that that's a wrong thing or a bad thing. I just mm -hmm. think it forces our guys to become probably a little bit closer at an earlier age. And, and I don't mean that in a negative way to anyone. I also know, and I, I don't know if this goes on at Air Force prep or Army prep, but one great thing for our, our guys is, is in the last two years, we have re-added <clears throat> Coast Guard Academy um, candidates to our school. So, you know, I think in the early 2000s, we had Coast Guard, Kings Point, and Navy prep here. Now, you know, we have Navy prep and Coast Guard. And to see kind of the bonds that those kids – uh, create together as well you know believe it or not Coast Guard Academy is actually the hardest of the five academies academically and, and I think that's probably a fact as well you know <laughs> these kids what they go through and, and with the Coast Guard Academy because we stay in touch with the guys who played here for the last couple of years and you know 
as, as hard as the Naval Academy is, you know, the Coast Guard Academy actually might be a little bit tougher. And, and even, in, and that's apparent too, and they're accepting, who they're accepting, the kind of person the Coast Guard Academy is accepting. So all that stuff, you know, I think that's probably the only thing I would feel comfortable with saying that separates us, you know, because I just don't know. I just don't know what, um, what I certainly don't know anything about Air Force prep. You know, they're all the way out there in Colorado. We don't play them. And, you know, we have a great game with Army prep at the end of each year, and I, and I have the utmost respect for that coaching staff. They do a great yeah. job. Yeah. But, you know, I just don't know what their kids' daily schedule is like, and I don't know what, what they go through. I don't know their challenges. But, you know, I think the fact that we're up here in Newport, Rhode Island, and we're on an actual naval base, and the kids are isolated from the Naval Academy, it allows them to grow as a class, to become brothers at an earlier stage. And they also get to see other parts of, of the fleet and the Marines that they're eventually going to get to as men when they graduate, you know? So I think that that's a, we have a lot of people on the Navy, on this Navy base here in Newport who will come down and talk to our kids and the whole school in general, like we, we have some bigger admirals that will come through or, you know, uh, some Marine officers that will come through and talk. So we're fortunate to have that, but because of um, the war college being stationed up here, because of supply school, supply school being stationed up here, department head school being stationed up here, so many former Navy football players will be here. And whenever they're here, they'll come back here and swing through and say hi. And that's for any age. That's for guys who played in the early 2000s to the late 2000s to the mid 2000s to the guys who played back in the 80s, 90s, if they're still in. And I think that is tremendous that that happens. And I hope that that never stops. Yeah, coach, that's that's what it's about, right? I mean, that's you know, you're, you know, you see those guys. They're in they're in mature roles. They have responsibilities, and they come back and they huge smile when they see you, right? Yeah, there yeah. it is. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's that's the worth of it all, right there. Many of them come back, coach, like and and even the guys who you know they have a full time job, they're studying, looking to pass tests. They want to be around it. They want to come back. They want to coach. And, and I think that that alone speaks the world to Coach Neamont and the program that, that he's created over there. You know, these guys want to be a part of it and, and many times will, will do whatever they can. I mean, one, one example I'll, I'll give you, Antron Harper, who uh, played for Coach Johnson when Coach Johnson was the head coach and Coach Neamont was his positional coach. Antron Harper was studying in department head school and, you know, he'd have a full day of classes, full day of tests, and then he'd, have, he'd be expected to study after that. And here, because of some of the information, um, he couldn't take some of that stuff home. So he had to study in a room that was locked up over in department head school and where all his classmates would just go right after school and do it. He would come here, coach football for three hours, you know, and then go back over there. So guys like that, that like they just – give up everything to just come and be a part and give back to a program that they feel they owe something to. And, and that's, I think that speaks volumes to, to our program, what we have here. Coach, it, it must be awesome. Um, it just must be awesome, you know, for a, for an option coach to listen to you say that. I mean, that's an unbelievable experience you have. Um, I can't thank you enough for coming on with us. You know, I was excited to have you on and uh, you know, you've done a, You've done a great job up there. You've done a great job whenever I've seen you clinics and things. You know, we wish you the best on the season. 
Um, and like I said, I really, really, really appreciate you coming on. I appreciate it, man. And I wish you guys the best with the season as well. And enjoy the, enjoy your last few times, last few weeks with those with that family, man. I know it cranks up here pretty soon. Yeah, we actually started last uh, a Thursday night. So, um, you know, we, we've been going at night. We go at night in the preseason. So it's nice because I can spend the day with the kids and, and my wife and, and still enjoy that summer, you know, being off as two teachers, my wife and I, you know, being off, being with the kids. Yeah, it's great. Um, but, but man, good luck and uh, with everything, and I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a good one, Coach. That's going to wrap this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Again, you can download our podcasts at Apple iTunes. You can go on and rate us if you think we're any good, and maybe leave us some comments about some things you'd like to hear in future episodes. Also, you can download it on the new Google Podcast uh, application and on Stitcher. Again, I'm Matt McLeod. You can reach me on Twitter at Run the Triple. Again, that's at Run the Triple on Twitter. Our Mesh Point podcast has its own Twitter page, and that's at the Mesh Point. Again, on Twitter at the Mesh Point. You can also find me on FlexBoneNation.com. I run an option blog there. We also have a forum where you can connect with coaches across the country. And I've just added a new uh, section entitled Podcast where you can download future episodes. All right, Tony, I want you to let everybody know how they can get you on social media. All right, guys, go to 3FaceFootball on Twitter, at 3FaceFootball, and uh, you'll, you'll be able to follow my account. And um, the cool thing about it is, is every Monday we do something called Mesh Point Monday, and basically I'll post out four questions concerning a triple option topic. It's a great opportunity for coaches all around uh, the country and uh, to, to get together and network and, and uh, get to know each other and, you know, we'll talk about some kind of triple option topic. So catch, uh, catch that every Monday, 8 o'clock Eastern. And uh, what you want to do is search the hashtag MeshPoint to see everybody's responses uh, to, to the four questions. Uh, like I said, great, great way to uh, build our networks and, and, and learn some things. It's like an ongoing webinar on Twitter. So it's real cool. Also, check out the website, threefacefootball.net. Uh, we've got some cool gear, like Fear the Veer, you'll see in the background here. Uh, Fear the Veer stuff, uh, mesh point gear, and, and other things like that. So uh, go check out that website as well.